This is Faithful Sayings, broadcast by the Leon Valley Church of Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Our question today comes from a passage in Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 4, verse 31. So I'm going to read the context around verse 31. I'm going to begin reading in verse 27. So this is Acts 4, beginning in verse 27. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. And now, Lord, take note of their hearts and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence, while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Uh, So this is an incident that happens right on the heels of Peter's release from uh, prison. He and the other apostles have just been abused. Uh, Peter and John, that is, uh, they've been arrested and uh, chastised and, and told not to speak in the name of Jesus and they're released and they come back to their brethren and then they are are praying about their persecution and asking for boldness to continue to preach preach the word. And our, our question today is from verse 31 and our questioner says, what relation does prayer have with the coming of the Holy Spirit? What relation does prayer have with the coming of the Holy Spirit and how is it related to to us today. Uh, so first, biblically, prayer has relation to whatever we can legitimately do in our service to God. Uh, so what I, what I mean by that is God tells us what to pray for and, and how to pray and promises help in that regard. And 1 John 5, uh, for example, in verse 13, it says, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life, and this is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, and we have the request from which we have asked him. And so John makes this very basic point about prayer, that when we speak to God, we we are to ask of him things according to his will. And if we ask things that are according to his will, then we can have confidence that he hears us. So what so what does that mean according to his will well john if you read that context i'll let you read it for yourself but what john is referring to is the revealed will of god so things that god has said that we can legitimately pray for and ask for uh, uh so we wouldn't pray for revenge for example we wouldn't pray uh you know that something uh, terrible would happen to somebody else because god doesn't want that to happen we don't we're not to have a a vengeful vindictive kind of spirit even when someone has wronged us, we're to continue to pray for that individual's forgiveness. Um, as Jesus said, pray for those who persecute you and spitefully use you. Uh, so a prayer for revenge would not be a prayer according to his will. And we shouldn't expect God to hear us in that regard. So take as another basic example from Matthew 6 and verse 11, where Jesus in the model prayer says, give us this day our, our daily bread. That's one of the things that we can pray for and should pray for. Uh, is just for daily sustenance and food and be thankful for that. Uh, We find that um, prayer for forgiveness is appropriate. Uh, In Acts 8 and verse 22, in the example of Simon there, who desired the power of the Holy Spirit for himself, he wanted to buy it. 
and he is rebuked because of his his greed and he is told to pray for forgiveness from God that the intention of his heart would be forgiven and we're told to pray for forgiveness as well so that's a specific individual who's given those instructions uh, to to pray for forgiveness and that's an example for us and then in first john 1 we have more generally all believers are to pray continually for uh, forgiveness in first john 1 verses 8 through 9 that we're to confess our sins and pray for forgiveness and and jesus christ is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness and so we have all these things that we can read about in the new testament that we are authorized to pray for and and we can see our brethren in the first century, like in Acts chapter 4, praying for things that God authorized them to pray for. Uh, in Acts chapter 12, another example in verse 5 is we can see them praying for uh, an apostle who has been imprisoned there, which, was, which happened a lot throughout the book of, of Acts. Uh, but today, we would not pray for an apostle who's in prison because there are no surviving apostles today. Uh, certainly we have brethren around the world who may be in prison and need our prayers and who are suffering for their faith, but there are no apostles left. Apostles were only chosen by Jesus Christ who had to be with him from the beginning and be a witness of his resurrection. And that's another study of itself to see biblical criterion for apostles. But that's an example of something that uh, our brethren in the first century who lived in the time of the apostles, they would pray for, and that would be a prayer according to God's will. But now in our time... Uh, that's simply not possible, right? Because there, there are no apostles. Uh, there, there are no apostles, and so again in this in this text in Acts chapter four, these brethren are praying for boldness to speak God's word in verse twenty nine, and they couple this this boldness that they desired um, with that that it would be accompanied with healings. They say and signs and wonders. Uh, that God would confirm his his word continually. And this is something that he promised to do uh, in Mark chapter 16 and verse 20, as Jesus speaks of various signs that will follow uh, those who speak his, his truth, his apostles who spoke the gospel initially to the world. In Hebrews chapter 2, it's mentioned again um, in verses 1 through 4. The writer says, For this reason... We must pay much closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. For if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable and every transgression and disobedience received a just penalty, how will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? After it was at first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard, past tense, God also testifying with them, both by signs and wonders and by various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. So the Hebrew writers acknowledging this as well as uh, the, the apostles as the Lord spoke and then as his chosen apostles spoke, God was working with them and testifying with them, confirming the word with these various signs that he said he would do to prove to prove the origin of the message that what Peter and Paul and John and all the other apostles were preaching. It just wasn't something that they made up and that it was, you know, they were presenting it as the word of God when it wasn't. No, they could have these gifts of the Holy Spirit to confirm the origin that it was, in fact, supernatural. This message was, in fact, divine and it came from, from God. And so God grants their petition in Acts chapter 4 and they speak the word of God with boldness and God continues to confirm 
his his word. But now that is something that has been accomplished and arguably was accomplished even by the time that the Hebrew writer um, was penning his his letter. And so it would be, you know, for me to say now in our time that I believe that the scriptures are God's word, that the scriptures are divine and they, they come from, they originate with God. And then at the same time, I expect God to confirm that with signs and miracles and healings um, is is like saying that, well, no proof was ever given before. Right, so that would be inconsistent of me to say, yeah, the scriptures are breathed out by God, and I expect him to confirm that, when in fact he already has. He's already done that. And so just as we don't pray for an apostle who is in prison because, you know, there are no apostles today, so so we don't pray for uh, confirming demonstrations of, of the word of God because he's already done that. Uh, and, you know, apostles already served their their function and passed from this life. And so, again, a prayer for signs and wonders via the Holy Spirit that was appropriate and authorized for saints in the early church when God was confirming the word, as the Hebrew writer says in Hebrews 2, 1 through 4. But it's not appropriate for us today because we are blessed to live in a time when we have all of those letters and all of the word of God has been completed and it's been confirmed. Uh, And so that's not something that we would need to pray for today that God confirm his word. He's already done that. And it's up to us to investigate and see uh, and look at those claims that the New Testament is making about itself, that the Bible is making about itself uh, and test those claims. And we can see God has confirmed his, his word, uh, but prayers for forgiveness, uh, just like we read of in Acts 18, excuse me, Acts 8, 18 through 24 with Simon, the sorcerer there again, that I mentioned earlier, that was appropriate because Simon had wrongly sought the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit and prayers for forgiveness are appropriate today. And we should continue in that because we uh, Christians continue to need God's forgiveness. Uh, But I think another lesson to be learned from Simon is that he was rebuked for wrongly seeking uh, the the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, give this authority to me also that whoever I I lay my hands on, can receive this this power, and uh, that's my paraphrase. But that but he was indicted for his sin, and I think that that should be a warning shot for people today who are seeking uh, the same kind of thing, who are seeking miraculous demonstrations or miraculous power um, for for whatever reason. When God has already used those things to confirm His word, and so if you're a modern seeker looking for some miraculous demonstration of the Holy Spirit, I think we would do well to ponder uh, Simon's example and and examine our own motives for doing so. Appreciate your attention. Thank you for tuning in. Please write in if you have any questions to leonvalleychurch at gmail.com or visit our website at leonvalleychurch.org. I'm Jason Garcia, and this has been Faithful Sayings.